Good morning, Evergreen, and any of you who've decided to join us for the very first time for Church Online. Well, my name's Anne, and I'm one of the pastors here at Evergreen. After all your fun pictures on social media, we wanted to solve the mystery. What are the pastors at Evergreen wearing while we're doing Church Online? Ta-da! I wore my favorite PJs for you. Well, maybe the Penguin Christmas ones are even better, but I'm sparing you those today. Evergreen, what we really want you to know is that we love you and we're praying for you in these uncertain times where almost daily we hear announcements and pronouncements that change our habits from day to day. And speaking of habits, I received an email from James Clear, author of Atomic Habits, where he shared this wonderful quote, win the moment that's right in front of you or win the moment in front of you right now. And those words sounded kind of familiar because Jesus said something similar. He came at it from the opposite direction. In Matthew 6, which was part of my devotional reading this morning, he said, to don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It was his way of encouraging us to focus on now, to savor this moment. And I asked myself, how do I win the moment that's in front of me right now? How do you win the moment that's in front of you right now? Well, it's always the same if we're look, looking to God, loving God and loving people. If I'm doing either of those two in the moment, it's a win. And that's what our next few moments together are going to give us a chance to do, to love God together and to love one another. The people closest to us, they're in your living room with you. So I want to just make a few a, a kind of invitations to you today. The first, first of all, I want to say thank you for giving, and I want to invite you to continue giving. This is because the needs that are expanding at this time are all in the area of benevolence, benevolence here, near, and far, as some of the people that we've sent out on the mission field are also experiencing the same things we are and have greater needs, and we wouldn't want to fall short for them. But also the people in our own county, Washington County, and in our own city, Hillsboro, and in our own community, Evergreen. Green. We invite you to give so that we can help them as well. Just today, we had a restaurant owner, Copper River Grill, offered to prepare meals by their chef and deliver, have us deliver those to people in our church who are either shut in or in the at-risk population. And all we have to do is provide a couple delivery people. We also had a gift come in the mail that was labeled for benevolence to help people here, near, and far. So we want to say thank you for your ongoing giving. You'll see on the screen as I've been talking that there's also four ways you can give. And I'll let you refer to that or to the e-blast to look at those. Secondly, we just want to ask the question, Evergreen, how can we pray for you? We know everybody doesn't like to post their prayer requests on social media, right? Well, we have a couple other ways you could do it and be a little bit more private about it. One of those is the connection card on our app. It's a free app called Evergreen Christian Center. Just go to your app store and you can get it there for free and go on connection card. It's one of the, the links right on the front page. And we'd be happy to hear that. And maybe you could also email us, any of the pastors here at Evergreen. Our emails are on our website and we'd love to respond to you that way. And if all else fails and you're wanting to get a hold of us, you can call the church number, phone number, which is also on our website. And um, Lori will be happy to respond to those and she'll let us know about your prayer requests. We want to pray for you, but there's nothing better than praying in the moment with the person who's in front of you. 
So I'd like to do that right now with you before we worship with Marley and the band. Jesus, we just pray for people who have lost their jobs or who have been temporarily laid out, laid off, or businesses, Lord, who have also experienced the absence, Lord, of income and absence of customers. Lord, we pray for people who are affected by that. And we ask that you would be the provider and that you would help us to rally around them and be the amazing community that we are to reach out here, near, and far to people in need. So thank you, Jesus, for doing that. And then, Lord, we do pray for all those affected by this virus directly, Lord. We ask that this virus would be stopped in its tracks and that you, um, the one who created us, Lord, would work even at the cellular level to stop transmission of this virus. And we pray for that in Jesus' name. And meanwhile, Lord, would you help us to be good citizens and care for one another and care for our most vulnerable? Would you help us to do the things we need to do, Lord? Remind us in hand washing. Remind us in social distancing. I just find myself even, Lord, wanting to reach out and give a hug to somebody. Would you help me to remember so that I can care for the most vulnerable? Thank you, Lord, for helping us love one another in this time, helping us support one another. And over all of that, Lord, we just ask for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, everyone, now's time. You're in your living room. Position yourself. Collect the kids and position yourself so that you can worship and encounter God with Marley and the band, her version of a living room band. Let's enjoy God together.
rejoiced as though heaven had
uncertainty I want to encourage you in your living room or at your friend's house would you close your eyes for a moment would you focus in and would you acknowledge the truth that God is in control He loves you, he is for you, and he is with you. God, give us courage to believe that truth. And even as we continue to sing, we invite you, Holy Spirit, into our homes, into our places of work, our relationships, into our families, we invite you and we ask you to move and lead and speak, breathe new life, Lord. We need you and we want you, Holy Spirit, to have your way.
Thank you, God, for your presence, for your love, for your strength, and for your courage in this season. We worship you. At the end of it all, we worship you. You are worthy of our praise, of our attention, of our devotion. We love you, Lord. Let the church say, amen. Hello, Evergreen. Thanks for watching. If we haven't met, my name is Carlos, and I'm one of the new guys. I'm, one, I'm new on the teaching team, and I'm very excited about that. And I knew for many, many weeks that I would be speaking to you this weekend on March 22nd. However, I never would have anticipated to be speaking under circumstances such as the one that we are having now. I would have to admit that as a pastor, I've very much desired to get to know you, each and every one of you, and, and we know that uh, one of the best ways to get to know each other is to enter into each other's home. Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways, because here we are on one Sunday, I am being allowed to be in your living room. How awesome is that? God has a sense of humor. And I could tell we're getting along very well, because some of you didn't even bother getting out of your PJs. But on a serious note, how are you? How are your loved ones? How are your neighbors? We want you to know that as a team, we have been praying and thinking so much about you. Evergreen, we miss you. We miss our Sunday gatherings, our small groups. We miss seeing you and your kiddos. We miss gathering with the youth. We miss the rowdy bunch that gathers here in the center. Yes, I'm talking about the classic service. We especially miss you. We miss our times in worship. We miss our times in the lobby, fellowshipping with you. Evergreen, we miss you. As a team, we have spent the last few days asking ourselves, how can we best serve you during these unprecedented days? Please know that if there's anything that we can do for you, don't hesitate to contact us via the online app, via uh, email, through one of our social media platforms, or a simple phone call to our office. This week, I read through Proverbs 18, 14, and it says the following, The spirit of a man can endure sickness, but as for a broken spirit, who can endure it? The COVID-19 pandemic has become more than just a sickness. It has disrupted the major fabrics of our lives at an unforeseen rate. In just a few days, our lives have been significantly altered. And because of this, many of us are living with this broken spirit. We have present and real concerns about our jobs, our health, our kids, our grandparents, our finances, and of course, the future impact 
that, it ha that, all of this, that this pandemic has on all our lives. With the temporary shutdown of schools, students now wonder about the rest of the, their school year experience. High school seniors especially are considering the impact this may have on their graduation and other major events that most have been looking forward to since freshman year. This is very, very sad, and our hearts are with our seniors. Some of our loved ones have already lost jobs or have had to reduce their hours, and this, of course, has the potential to cause financial insecurity. This can be very scary. Small business owners are also hurting really bad, and some have had to temporarily close down and take this financial hit. They are a group of, of people that really need our love and our attention and our prayers. Others in the service industry are fighting in the front lines and they've had to double their workload. And that has caused a huge strain on their well-being. This has to be difficult. For parents, the reality of having to find a solution for additional childcare has also weighed on hearts. Many have had to become homeschool parents by force, or they've had to navigate the transitioning to online learning. Parents are feeling the weight of this as well. This can be heavy. For these things and more have become our shared experience. And it's understandable, it's understandable that people feel broken in spirit. So we want to say to you today that we see you, we hear you, and we feel with you. We also offer our presence and our help. Please let us know how we can best do that. Do not allow a need to go unmet because it's gone unsaid. The Bible says that God is near to the brokenhearted. It says it in Psalms 34, 18. It says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those who are crushed in spirit. I'm here to tell you today that God is near and he's able to rescue. Now more than ever, we need to remind ourselves of these eternal truths. God is near and he's able to rescue now. As I have been preparing to speak to you in the past few weeks, uh, I, I have to be honest, I've, I've written two or three different sermons. I've, I've just felt the need to change uh, my words based on what we are experiencing, and that has not been easy. I feel now more than ever than we, that we need to hear from God and not man. So what I arrived at is quite simple, and it comes in the form of a question. What would Jesus say to us in times like these? The Apostle Peter, famously, as recorded in John 6, 68, said that Jesus and only Jesus had the words of eternal life. I am uncertain about a lot of things right now, but one thing I am fully confident in, and that's that Jesus, in him, we find our solution to our common problems. He is the one that holds the words 
of eternal life. So right now, we turn our attention to the words of Jesus. And it's my prayer in days like the ones we are experiencing that we be like Peter and recognize that we have nowhere else to go. That only Jesus, only his words can get us through this. Again, I have been asking myself, what would Jesus say to us in times like these? So let's consider Jesus' words in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. It reads like this. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will even get a, the smallest taste of my banquet. The portion of scripture we just read is dealing with the topic that Jesus talked about most in all of the Gospels. Out of all the subjects Jesus taught on, more than greed, sex, prayer, charity, and even money, Jesus spoke most about the kingdom of God. To give you an idea of just how much it appears in the Gospels, the kingdom of God or phrases similar to it, appear 126 times. In, in the Gospel of Matthew alone, it appears 55 times. Jesus talked most about the kingdom of God, which is why I'm choosing today to turn our attention in the middle of this pandemic to the kingdom of God. And here's what you need to know about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the presence of God. And furthermore, the truth I'd like us to consider regarding the kingdom of God today is that God has gone through great lengths to bring his kingdom near to us. And not only that, he's making an invitation to all of us to be in his presence. Let's take a closer look at this parable. Jesus shares a simple story of a man who he's gone through great lengths to prepare a party. And once he has everything ready, he sends out to invite his guests. However, all of his guests respond in the same way. 
The reasons vary, but they all fall under the same category. Excuses. One by one, these guests give an excuse as to why they can't attend. Think about this. This man has gone through great lengths, through much effort to prepare his home for a party. And if anyone who's ever hosted knows just how much work that is. He prepares the feast and the food. He does the carne asada. He sets the table. The decor is up. The cornhole boards are all laid out. The drink stations are full. All of it ready for his guests. He sends out the invitation, and what happens? All his guests give him excuses as to why they can't attend. Here's what I want to say to you today. God is like this host, and he is making an invitation to us to spend time with him in something he has prepared especially for us. Right now, during this chaos, he desires to spend time with you, to be present with you. God is inviting you and me. He's inviting us into his presence. He has prepared the spiritual nourishment and the environment that we most need right now. While many want to panic and load up on toilet paper and bullets, he wants to share a meal together. In John 21, we have uh, an incredible event where the post-resurrected Jesus suddenly appears to his disciples who are out on a boat fishing one morning. When they realize that it's Jesus calling them on the shore, they rush over in their excitement. And specifically Peter, it says that he, he throws on his robe and he jumps in the water and he swims frantically to Jesus. I mean, what would you do if you saw the, rec- the resurrected Christ in the flesh? But Jesus, and and this is what I want us to focus on, but Jesus, instead of matching their energy, instead of matching their hysteria, he seems to calm everyone down by doing what? He makes them breakfast. Jesus makes them breakfast. The Bible says by the time they got to Jesus that he had prepared some fish and bread for all of them to share a meal. What's my point? God's presence will slow down your hurried soul. There's no better health care during this pandemic than the presence of God. I've kept this small picture of adult and young elephants for years now. And it's made its way all the way from Los Angeles to here, and it continues to be in our home office. And the reason why I've kept this picture of elephants is because it reminds me of the following story. You see, I once learned that it is very common for young elephants who are going through their puberty cycle, who are fatherless, to live very reckless lives. And what they've been known to do is they they attack other animals and and they even tear tear trees. And and they are in this uh, state of pent-up, anger. Well, some animal specialists decided to go ahead and take 
animal, young elephants in this condition and put them in the same space as an older, more mature elephant. And what they discovered that within days, these young elephants started to show calm and peaceful behavior. They discovered that the simple presence of an older elephant seemed to bring peace to the minds of the younger elephants. I bring that up to say this. If this is true for the animal kingdom, would it be a stretch that the presence of God has the same effect on our hurried souls? His presence brings calm. His presence brings security. His presence gives hope and strength and wisdom. And it seems like all of us can stock up on a little more of that stuff. So what would you say? What would Jesus say? He would say God wants to be present with you, to join him, to dine with him. With all this chaos, God wants you to come to his party. So how will you respond? How will we respond? May I suggest how not to respond. Don't be like the invited guests in the parable and make excuses. Not now, God. I have to care for this sick family member. God, time with you. Right now, I'm out of a job. God, I can't take you up on this invitation. I'm too worried about my future education. What if, what if what you need most right now, more than your health, more than your job security, more than this pandemic to hurry up and go away is the presence of God? What if social distancing meant you end up drawing closer to God in intimacy? Psalm 1611 says the following, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Here's what I'm saying to you, Evergreen. The God of the universe is inviting you to be present with him. Don't use this pandemic as another excuse not to say yes. Maybe you're watching us today and you find yourself so because you feel that God is someone who you need right now and that's understandable. And maybe you would admit that you have not had an intimate relationship with God. And maybe you even find yourself feeling like you were never on the guest list to his party. Well, let's take one last look at Jesus' words as he tells the end of this parable. After hearing all the excuses, it says this, The servant turned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After, after the servant has done this, had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. So the master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges, and urge anyone you find to come, so that what? My house will be full. What is God's heart? That his house 
would be full. No one is excluded in the kingdom of God. The only qualification for us to be in God's party and in his presence is for us to say yes. There's plenty of room in the kingdom of God. God desires, again, that his house would be full. The word says that he desires all men, all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Our city needs to know that there is still room in the kingdom of God. How can we live out that message right now with our neighbors? For those of us who know Jesus, I want to exhort you to invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Invite them into God's presence with acts of love. Let us for a moment consider who the poor might be amongst us. The poor can be either the under-resourced or the relationally poor. These are the people in our neighborhoods that have empty pantries, that they're worried about how they're going to pay their next bill. By meeting these needs, we are bringing the kingdom of God to them and showing them that there is still room. The relationally poor are those who have no one checking in on them, people with estranged family members who could use our love and attention. This could be done by a phone call, a letter, a simple text. By doing this, you will be bringing the kingdom of God to them and letting them know that there is still room for them. The parable says to invite the blind. The blind could be those without hope, those who are stressed, full of anxiety, those who don't see how this could end well. They need someone that will listen to their fears and compassionately speak truth into their lives. We know, Evergreen, we know that God wins. We know that the gates of hell could not prevail against the church and a flu virus stands no chance. We proclaim victory over this virus in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. We speak gospel hope, which brings the kingdom of God into the hearts of the blind. By the way, I do want to just, just say that how we use social media matters always, but especially right now. I would challenge you to think before you like, repost, or share. If that post or comment doesn't bring life, if it doesn't edify, if it doesn't infuse hope, then don't do it. The parable says to invite the crippled and the lame. Well, unfortunately, there are many who are sick, and there's potential for many more uh, to be sick both because of this virus and because of the worry. We pray for them. We also pray for our healthcare workers who are on the front lines. And additionally to praying, and equally as important, we commit, Evergreen, we commit to respecting the ordinances of social distance practices the state has placed before us. And we do that 
without complaining. Right now, one of the greatest acts of love we can do for the crippled and the lame is to remain home. Because by staying home, we lessen the risk of infecting someone else. Social distancing does not mean love stops. Check on your neighbors, send a text, make a phone call, ask the question, what can I do to serve you? Now more than ever, we can love people well, and that gets me excited. And in doing so, we are bringing the kingdom of God near to them. Our mission as a church is not quarantined. We are still on mission for all to find and follow Jesus here, near, and far. And that is our church mission. And so let's repeat that together. We are on mission for all to find and follow Jesus here, near, and far. Good job, Evergreen. We are still the light of the world and we will not be placed under a bull. Instead, we will shine brighter for Jesus than ever before. For all those reasons, can you tell? I am hopeful. I'm excited. I am optimistic. The future is the kingdom of God. The now is the kingdom of God. Let's let everyone know this good news. The world is hurting and Jesus is the antivirus for the soul. So during this pandemic, we will say yes to God and his invitation to enjoy more of his presence. I want to end by praying and proclaiming the powerful words written by Paul in Romans 8, 38, and 39. And it says this, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today nor worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Nor power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And every evergreener in his or her PJs who agrees, can you say amen and amen? We love you, Evergreen. Thank you for watching.